0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome to the show. Fifth Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Also coming to you live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. Great to be with you as we bid adieu. Uh, to the FA Cup and to the League Cup matches that have interrupted our Premier League viewing Uh, this week. Of course, we've had a smorgasbord of Premier League viewing over the holidays. Uh, Let's take a look at some of the League Cup results. And also obviously the FA Cup because that was the majority of the matches this uh, weekend. We did have Manchester City, Man United at Old Trafford in the League Cup. But let's take a look at the FA Cup. And you know, I used to just love the FA Cup growing up as a boy. I remember when I would play my Sabutio and have it set up in my room. And I had an incredible Sabutio set up, by the way, with the stands and the supporters and the ambulances in the back. and uh, And I had all the teams and uh, it was really – I had an unbelievable Cebutió set up. I have a nice one now, by the way, but not nearly as, as good as it was when I was a kid. Uh, but anyway, the FA Cup final was always what was played on my Sabutio in my, you know, 6- and 7-year-old mind. It was always QPR, Liverpool, beating Arsenal. <laughs> my sister was a big QPR fan. I was a big Liverpool fan. and And that's always – the way it was. Of course, this would have been back in, uh I don't know, late 60s, early 70s. Uh, so that's the way the FA Cup used to sit in my heart. Uh, but I have to tell you, nowadays, I-, I really am largely disinterested with the FA Cup. Sure, it's silverware. But you know, if you asked anybody, would you rather have the Champions League trophy or would you rather have the FA Cup? Would you rather have the Premier League trophy or the FA Cup? You tell me how many people would say they'd rather have the FA Cup over either one of those. Quite honestly, do you want the FA Cup or the Europa League? I'd rather take the Europa League. All right. Uh, I'm 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 going to get on, go on about this a bit more after the break. Uh, You're listening to Fifth Street Soccer. I'm Nick Gieber. Find me on Twitter at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. It is great to be with you uh, today uh, as we will look back at the FA Cup, the League Cup, and look forward to more Premier League action. Uh, Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after this. Support for Fifth Street Soccer comes from Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Look, it's 2020. Happy New Year, everyone. And you know what that means? New Year, new me, new nuts. Listen, men. Hairy bushes, they're so 2019, or actually more like 1975. If you're going to pick up any New Year's resolution, let it be to take care of your junk. Manscaped is making it easy with their grooming products. Look, I have recently started using this product. And let me tell you. I've gone from Prince Harry to King Baldrick. Easy peasy, no nicks, no hurt, no blood. That's right. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past, and thank God for that. Oh, and stop being nasty. You don't have to use the same thing you use to trim your junk. On your face? Come on now. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver. Now this is an anti-chafing nut deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not put them on the smelliest part of your body? You can get 20% off plus free shipping. Use the code Believe B-L-E-A-V, at manscaped.com. Start the new year off the right way by using the best tools for your tools. Yep, your balls will thank you. Take 20% off with free shipping. Use code BLEAV at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code BLEAV. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code BLEAV. And like me, you can go from Prince Harry to King Baldric without any pain. <laughs> All right, uh, Prince Harry to King Baldrick it is. Welcome back. King Baldrick here. <laughs> Nick Keeper <laughs> with you, Fistry Soccer. Uh, we're talking FA Cup, and I was mentioning before the break just how it used to be, in my mind, the sort of pinnacle of footballing tradition, the the the, the greatest footballing trophy one could win. Uh, yet, uh, over the years, it has just become such a secondary uh, tournament. I wouldn't say tertiary tournament, because I think, you know, the League Cup is is clearly... The tertiary tournament. But, you know, we had all these things. We had the cup winners' cup and the milk cup, and the, you know, uh, oh, it just went on and on and on. Too many cups. But look, it's silverware. And it's important silverware. But it's hard for me to get excited about the giant killing acts that you see. Because at the end of the day, those teams that kill the Giants never really go on to win it. I mean, they always get knocked out by another Giant somewhere along the lines. And and I think part of that is, obviously, uh, you know, the disparity we have in football in England between the Premier League and, uh, let's say, the top six in the championship on down – but, you know, it, it just, it, it, you, you, the giant killing is for a round. And, and look, we can talk about uh, giants that were killed in the FA Cup over the weekend. Some uh, some nice results. I mean, Tottenham get a replay against Middlesbrough. I mean, that's a surprise, right? Um, okay, giant killing act, I suppose. Uh, Derby knocked out Crystal Palace. Okay, I suppose that's a that is a giant killing act, I guess. Um Rochdale Newcastle, they get Newcastle get a replay against Rochdale. Fulham beat Villa, but Villa are awful. I mean, are you surprised? What for Tranmere? I'm surprised about that one. That's a replay. Wolves-Manchester United had to have been just about the most boring football game I think I've seen in decades. And then Arsenal eking by Leeds on Monday. I don't know. It just just doesn't have the same uh, charm, maybe, uh, that it's had in years gone by for me. And you know, my team Liverpool obviously fighting hard to win in Europe, fighting hard to win the league, they have an incredible result. But you know, I, I don't get that excited about seeing a B squad out there playing. I mean I, I turned off the uh the year uh, the, the the football league. I mean I watched the game when, when he played the under twenty ones. But you know, is that supposed to get me excited? No. Does it get me? And I know Karthik will disagree with me, but it's just for, for me, it's not it. I, I, look, I'm about the Premier League. I'm about the Champions League, the Europa League, then the FA Cup, then the League Cup. Now, when we get to the next rounds and maybe they take it seriously and play the AT, the A squads, well, then i will be more interested. But it's just, it, it just... Not doing it for me. By the way, transfer window open opened on the 1st of January. We'll take a look at some of the transfers uh, that have happened already. And there have actually been a few of them. Uh, you might not even realize it. There have been a lot of um, loan uh, cancellations, I suppose, is a good way to put it. But, for example, did you know that uh, Watford signed an 18-year-old center forward from Fluminense in Brazil? I bet you didn't. Did you know Chelsea signed a centre-back from, uh, pardon me, sold a centre-back to Fulham? No, he probably didn't. Did you know that Bournemouth sold a player to Atlanta United? Nah, I bet you didn't know that either. Lots of stuff going on. Not enough, but there is some stuff going on. We're going to talk about it after the break. And, of course, don't forget Danny Drinkwater. His loan situation. Went from Burnley back to Chelsea, and then Chelsea loaned him out to Villa. Poor Danny, drink water, 29 years old, being passed around like the, uh, well, I won't say it because I don't want Ron Barr to call me up and get angry. But you know what I mean. Some other interesting moves. Nothing, Nothing spectacular yet. And and we certainly can talk about the teams and what they would be looking for in the transfer market. I think that is a worthy conversation to have. But as it stands right now, not much action. Uh, so we will talk about it. By the way, I'd love to hear from you during the week, and you can do that. This show is at 9 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. East. Pardon me, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, Monday through Friday. But of course... Uh I am available on Twitter throughout the week, so would would absolutely love to hear from you. We could look at uh, each of these teams and what they should be doing in the transfer market. We could about topford we can talk about Watford um, mentioned João Pedro coming in from fluminense, but he's he's not gonna play really I mean unlikely I think Watford likely to see more players going than coming. We can talk about David Moyes at West Ham. I mean, he needs to sign a central a central uh, midfielder. Absolutely, they desperately need that sort of um, steel in the midfield. But I know they're trying to sign a goalie, so we can talk about that. Look, all sorts of stuff we can talk about. Uh, nothing much has been concluded yet as we are already our first week into the transfer market. But we will take a look at it and take a look at some of the teams and also... Obviously, take a look at the Premier League, and we will continue to take a look at the FA Cup uh, because the fourth-round draw is out, and we can talk about that. Lots to get to. I'm Nick Gieber. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Gieber. You can also find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash 5th Street Sports Talk. I'm with you Monday through Friday, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. By the way, also, iHeartRadio, tune in. The award-winning SiriusXM app and talking live which is a great pleasure of mine, to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. Okay, I'm going to take a break, and we'll be right back with more on Fistory Soccer. Hope you will stay with me. Christmas has come and gone, but the Super Bowl is quickly approaching. We've seen just what our teams are capable of this season. Now it's time to get your last bets in before the bowl. Will the Ravens be able to get it done? Will Brady and the Patriots get themselves another ring? I bet you have a feeling. I know I do. Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted names in the industry. If you're looking for a sports book to make some bets for the bowl games, well, MyBookie is where you want to go. Football not your thing? No worries, my bookie's got it all from the NBA to the Premier League. And you know the Premier League, well that's my thing. They've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24/7 customer service team. You can even pool your bets together for a bigger payout. Let's say you got a couple of big favorites this week. Parlay wagers let you bet multiple games together, and if they all come through, you win big. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. And if you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. If you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from MyBookie. Bet, win, get paid. All right. Welcome back. Brady and the Patriots. A little bit of an old read there, but uh, clearly the Patriots not moving on to uh, any Super Bowl anytime soon. Tom Brady getting so old, maybe he's ready to sign with MLS now. little joke there. Ha ha. All right. Well, we were talking transfer market and some of the moves not being made uh, yet, but certainly moves that are potentially in the works. And I think uh, that's a worthy discussion to have. But you know, I was talking about the FA Cup and the sort of uh, what's the best way to put it? The uh, the the uh, some of the the uh, glory has uh, rubbed off in it. And that's not the right word. But, but let me let me use it. I've got some some stats for you. So the number of changes to starting 11s that Premier League teams made for the FA Cup third round tie. Now, There were, what, 3, 6, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. There were 19 teams in the FA Cup. Sheffield United made 11 changes. That is the entire team. Leicester made 10. Southampton made ten. Nine changes. Villa, Chelsea, Watford, Liverpool made nine changes. Burnley and Norwich made eight. Brighton made seven. United and City made seven each. Bournemouth, Newcastle, Palace all made five changes. And Wolves made four, Tottenham made three, West Ham made three, and Everton, of course, made two. Everton would, did play Liverpool for that big Merseyside derby. And that was a, a very important match for Everton. Uh, was important to a degree, I think, for Liverpool as well, but Liverpool won it with an incredible goal from a youngster. But look, so the teams are changing up radically. The players that you want to pay to see were not playing. I mean, let's be honest. If you buy a ticket for Liverpool, do you want to see you want to see Mane or Firmino or um, Mohamed Salah? You know, no disrespect to Divac Origi, but you know, you you probably don't want to see Divac Origi at a a top ticket price. You follow what I'm saying? And so, I think if you take a look at that and the number of changes that these squads had. And you take a look at the number of empty seats in stadiums across the country for the FA Cup. And some of these numbers are, are absolutely uh, incredible. Remember I mentioned how Sheffield United basically had played 11 changes to their squad? They only drew 11,133 people to the FA Cup match. That's down nearly 20,000. At Cardiff, at Charlton, these aren't Premier League sides here, okay? They had five and 6,000 people in attendance. Their attendance dropped from 17,700 to 11,600. Burnley only drew 8,000 people, down nearly 20,000. Birmingham, 7,300, down nearly 19,000. Pardon me, down 11,000, excuse me. Bristol City dropped half. Southampton dropped two thirds. Brighton Hove Albion dropped ten thousand. It's not just me that's saying this, folks. And look, how you know what? What is the effect of this? Why has this happened? And this has happened, uh, I, I think, because uh, quite honestly, um, you know, the, the 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 shine has come off the FA Cup, despite. Guys like Curtis Jones, you know, the the youngster scoring the big goal, winning goal in the Merseyside Derby. By the way, he's from the Wirral in Liverpool. I just think that the luster is just not there. All right, well, talking of uh, the fourth round, let's talk about the qualifying, shall we, and see who's playing who. Because uh, there are still a couple of matches uh, to be decided still. And uh, if you'll have to bear with me here while I uh, pull some of these matches up. But there's still a couple of matches to be so decided. So let's talk about the FA Cup fourth-round draw. Chelsea are going away to Hull City. Uh, Southampton will host either Middlesbrough or Tottenham. Likely be Tottenham, although Harry Kane has a big injury, a torn hamstring. He's going to be out for six to eight weeks. That's a big problem for Tottenham. And, of course, Jose Mourinho, is he going to... Who's he going to sign? Edison Cavani, maybe? Just a thought. I'll put it out there. QPR are hosting Sheffield Wednesday at Loftus Road. Bournemouth are going to be hosting Arsenal. And, uh, oh, just Arsenal team, despite eking through in the FA Cup. By the way, Leeds United... I thought they looked very good. Uh, but Arsenal do win. They go now go see Bournemouth. Uh, Derby County will go to Northampton, face Northampton Town. Leicester City will go to Brentford. Sheffield United will go to Millwall. Good luck there. If you lose, going to be a riot. Uh, Reading or Blackpool will host Cardiff or Carlisle. Uh, West Ham, West Brom. A match of the Wests, but nowhere near each other. <laughs> Burnley-Norwich, Bristol Rovers or Coventry City against Birmingham, Man City will host Fulham, Rochdale or Newcastle will host Oxford United, Portsmouth will host Barnsley, and Bristol City or Shrewsbury Town will have Liverpool coming to visit them, and I would imagine that should be a nice win for Liverpool, but another opportunity to see... Uh, The kids that uh, really nobody outside of hardcore Liverpool fans are that interested in seeing. I'm sorry. That's it. I mean, I I know it's a really crappy thing to say. And guys like Kartik and and, and other sorts of people like that love to watch the youth movement and see the kids play. But, you know, most of us don't. I like to see one integrated every now and then. But quite frankly, I, I want to see the first team play that's what quickens my pulse. Seeing the under-21s play in the League Cup. It's not that interesting to me. Although they, you know, they got beaten soundly, but they they, they played okay. All right, let's talk transfers because I mentioned some of the ones happening. Danny Drinkwater has gone on loan uh, from Chelsea to Villa. Um, lots of sighs of relief there in the midfield for the kids at Chelsea, but that's not the guy they have to worry about. Uh, you know, I think Chelsea and Frank Lampard are going to likely try to bring uh, some changes into the squad. He's looking at Jaden Sancho. He's looking at Samuel uh, Chakwesi from uh, Villarreal. And he's looking at uh, Chalov from CSK Moscow, as well as Timo Werner of Leipzig. Um,. Plus a couple of other guys in the sort of wish list. uh, Moussa Dembele at Lyon and uh, Wilfred Zaha at Crystal Palace. But those are long shots. They're also talking about them making a move for Nathan Ake from Bournemouth. And that I could really see happening. I wonder if Bournemouth would be willing to cash in 40 million pounds. It's a lot of money, and if you're Bournemouth, and you're in the relegation zone, and you've looked like crap recently, and when I say recently, I literally mean in the last 10 games, you've lost 8-1-1 and drawn one, and that is crap, you have to be thinking you're headed right back down to the championship. particularly teams like Watford, who are below you, one point below you, on a nice run of form. uh, And, of course, seeing, uh, since Nigel Pearson came in, really just turn it around. So, yeah, I can see them spending 40, uh, taking the 40 million and thinking, you know, we'll put that in the coffer. We'll go down, add the 40 million bucks in, uh, add that into the parachute payment we'll go back, get for going back to the championship. And maybe we'll come back and we'll come back stronger and we'll come back after having seen what an absolute cauldron of fire this Premier League is. Just a thought. Bournemouth fans, where are you? Find me on Twitter, at Nick Geber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. By the way, if you have missed any part of this show, first of all, shame on you. Uh, but if you have missed any part of the show don't worry because immediately following the show you can find it on our podcast network that is the believe podcast network b l e a v and um you can get it without commercials and i know that's great for a lot of you because quite frankly the you know a lot of people just like to zip along with it download it listen to it while they're at the gym and since I've got a 56th birthday coming up, you can sweat with the oldies. All right, I'm going to step aside, take a break, and I'll be right back with more here on Fistry Soccer. All right, welcome back, Fistry Soccer. Nikiba with you. We are just sort of waxing poetic, having a little, little chin wag about pretty much Anything and everything going on out there in the world of football right now. Uh, the transfer window is open, open January the 1st. We've talked about some of the moves. Nothing really that exciting. I mean, Minamoto uh, going to, Minamino, excuse me, going to Liverpool, probably the biggest move that was done. Pretty much everything was done prior to the actual transfer. And he did just play uh, in the FA Cup game midweek, um, uh, pardon me, on the weekend against uh, Everton. And he looked, you know, he looked good. Uh, you know did he look like a well he's a young kid and he's not used to the pace and the system and and give him some time i think he'll just be he'll just be fine in terms of players coming to premier league sides we talked about danny drinkwater going from chelsea to villa um and i think right now other than some loan changes um That's pretty much it, except that – oh, yeah, Jack Rodwell, right. He went to Sheffield United. He was uh, basically a free agent signing, had no club. Uh, He's, uh, what, 900 years old. He's 28, and he went uh, to Sheffield, which is interesting because he's a defensive midfielder, and I I think that's somebody they could really uh, have used – uh, let's not forget that uh, Matty Sarkic, the goalkeeper, uh, left Livy, uh, Livingston in the sc- Scottish Premier League, went back to Villa, he's 22, he's a young kid. Uh, his lone spell ended. Uh, again, uh, the uh, Takumi Minamino is the biggest move so far, going from uh, Red, Bull, Red Bull Salzburg to Liverpool, and that was sort of the one, the trigger that was pulled. Um on the 1st of January, and that was for seven and a half million pounds, I think $11 $11 million or so. Some of the other January moves, there are a couple of them. Let's just do them quickly. Um, Emerson Hyndman left Bournemouth, went to Atlanta United of MLS, which is really interesting. By the way, if you don't know who Emerson Hyndman is, welcome to the world. Uh, He did play with Fulham for a couple of years, 25 appearances. He's a central MIDI. Played with Bournemouth for four years made two appearances and then went out on loan to Rangers uh, Hibs uh, and then has been on loan at United and at Atlanta United with 15 appearances and if you want to know what nepotism is uh this is as far as you have to look okay this is a guy uh who is the grandson of Shellis Scheinman who you may not know or you you may indeed know the uh, Shelly Hyman uh, was the former manor of, manager of FC Dallas and a longtime manager at SMU, Southern Methodist University, um, in there in Texas, where he was the uh, head soccer coach. Actually, uh, got to know Shelly Simon a little bit and was a very nice man. But you want to talk about ne- nepotism? Here you go. But now with Atlanta United. That's about it. I mean, there are some teams that need a lot more than that. I mean, what's Carlo Ancelotti going to do at Everton? I mean, he is an expensive manager, right? This guy is uh, the top tier of management. Where was Ancelotti last time? You know where he was. He was playing for um, Aurelio Di Laurentiis, his Napoli team in Italy, in Syria. Grab a quick drink here. It's water, don't worry. But they're going to have to make some moves. They got eliminated in the FA Cup. Not great in the Premier League. Obviously, it's been terrible for them. However, they have had a sort of slight change in form, although getting beaten 2-1 at City away, ah, eh, you know, okay, that was going to happen. But they did uh, beat Burnley at home, and they did beat uh, Newcastle uh, at St. James's Park. So, you know, I think the Ancelotti signing is... It's a good one. I'm a fan. I think it's pretty awesome. But he's going to have to bring in some players. Uh, Leicester City, what are they going to do? I mean, they got a lot of money for Harry and Maguire last year, and they haven't really signed anybody with it. And they've got some players like Mendy. I'm not sure what they're doing there. So maybe Leicester City should use a January window to cash in on a few players. But, you know, what do they need? I think Leicester City need to shore up a little bit up front. A couple of wingers, for example, for Leicester City. And if they want to make this push for a top-four finish, they are going to have some challenge right now from Chelsea, and you have to be a little concerned about Tottenham. Although maybe with, you know, Harry Kane's injury, you have to be less concerned about Tottenham. I mean, who do you think is going to lock Leicester off the top four space? I mean, look, it, it, it could be musical chairs around there. But United's form would be United would be the one team I think that would be the most likely to enter the top four. But they are so inconsistent. So then the question is, does Leicester City really have to do anything, or do they not? Are they better off banking the Maguire money, making smarter moves in the summer window when they have locked up Champions League football for the following year, and then moving out the deadweight players? Uh, Look, they would have uh, to—a gap of 14 points— would have to open up for Leicester City to drop out of the top four, and that is not going to happen. In point of fact, after suffering uh, a, a bit of a nasty spell, they had those three games where they drew uh, Norwich at home, then they you know, lost away at City and they lost at home to Liverpool, but they righted the ship. I mean, they went to London Stadium, beat West Ham 2-1, uh, they beat Newcastle 3-0 at St. James's Park. Brendan Rodgers, you know, look, he lost to two of the best teams in football. And by the way, I mean, he's only he's only lost to Man City, Liverpool, uh, United, and United all season. He hasn't lost any other games all season. His draws were at Chelsea, were at Wolves. I, I suppose Norwich is the one result that really stands out, and you go, what? But, uh, yeah, uh, so, uh, look, if I'm Brennan Rodgers, uh, I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting on that money. There's no way I'm dropping out of the league. Uh, Leicester hosting Southampton this coming weekend. Uh, It's all looking pretty good, I think, at the KP. So I wouldn't be too worried about it. No need to do anything at Leicester City. A couple of wingers would be nice, but the January window is terrible because there's never really anything uh, out there. Um, Defenders. That's the one thing that Man City, I think, would look for. But I can't see them really signing anybody at this point in the January window. By the way, I saw a really interesting article about Chelsea, and I want to mention this. Um, Talking about Chelsea's balance sheet. And, you know, Roman uh, uh, Abramovich is a sort of quiet guy. But he had to inject a quarter of a billion pounds into the club last season in order to keep them afloat, he lost overall a hundred million pounds. It's about what a hundred and thirty million dollars he lost in his first year. Not his first year. Pardon me. In I meant to say in one year. The reason I mention that is I'm comparing that to the franchise cost of MLS, which is about three hundred million dollars just to enter the boys' club. The club has spent £90 million, pounds, that's about $110 million, in compensation to managers that they've sacked since Abramovich took over in 2004. By the way, I'm obviously reading this, and this is a great BBC story. And also in 2019, no Champions League football, but their wage bill went up $41 million. Look, what is this telling you? This is telling you that you need a very, very wealthy owner or somebody that really knows football to survive not making the Champions League. A Premier League team is not for the weak or faint of heart. So if you want to put a quarter of a billion dollars into the team in one year to keep it afloat, uh, then go ahead and buy yourself a The Premier League team with aspirations, (coughs) excuse me, of grandeur. Uh, Let's talk about Arsenal quickly, though, because um, this is a team that's just bloody awful. Uh, Mikel Arteta, in my opinion, not the solution, but it's picked up a little bit since Arteta came in. So then the question is, uh, what are they going to do? What do they need the most? Well, Arsenal are like uh, a character in The Wizard of Oz, but they need a spine. Center back, center mid midfield positions all over. So they're looking at uh, Diot Upamecano from uh, Leipzig. They're looking at Thomas Lamar from Atletico Madrid. Uh, but those, that's going to cost 100 million quid, and Arsenal are not going to spend the money because they have the cheapest owner, cheapest owner with aspirations of grandeur on the planet. I mean, really, Stan Kroenke really just needs to get out of the owning a football team. Because he, he, go back to the Colorado Rapids. Be cheap with your MLS team. But uh, but Arsenal supporters are crying every day. Uh, but it was the same under Wenger. Uh, you know, I think the problem here is that this is a team that I think has given up on being a big boy currently in the Premier League and is happy to rest on its laurels. And I'm wondering if it loses the claim to being the only team ever to go unbeaten in the Premier League, if it loses that Invincibles badge to Liverpool, I wonder if that would ever stir Kroenke to invest more in the team. By the way, Usmanov, um, uh, who was the former shareholder that tried to buy Arsenal and inject money into it, is apparently, I believe, looking at buying into Everton. So... Interesting. Was it Everton or w- one of the other clubs? I think it was Everton. But, you know, that's a problem. So Arsenal are, I think, in uh, in 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 really big trouble. All right, so some really interesting matches coming up. By the way, later on this week, we, I will, of course, give you my um, full Premier League preview. Uh, as we get back into the Premier League this week, we only got about a minute and a half. But there are some pretty fun matches this week. Uh, Man United uh, hosting Norwich, which isn't that fun. But Liverpool away at Spurs. Wolves at the, at Molyneux hosting Newcastle. Those are going to be fabulous games. You're going to want to watch that. Uh, I think uh, Everton have a tough game at Goodison against Brighton. Uh, but easy sledding, I would say, for the likes of um, Leicester, who are hosting Southampton. And... Let's not forget the Friday game, which should be a great one. Sheffield United are going to be hosting West Ham United at Bramall Lane. And then on Sunday, there are a few matches. Uh, Man City are going to Villa Park, where I fully expect them to thump Aston Villa. And the big, big relegation six-pointer. Remember, I was talking about Bournemouth and the fact they should, you know, hold on to that money and not spend it and... Spend it when they go back down to the championship. Well, this is a huge match they have against Watford at Vitality. All right, uh, those are some of the matches to look forward to this weekend. I'm going to have to take a break. I will be right back to wrap it up on Fifth Street Soccer on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also Sirius XM 211. Dan Patrick Sports right after this. All right, welcome back to the show, History Soccer. By the way, every day, Monday through Friday, find me here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Dan Patrick Sports, Sirius XM 211, talking the beautiful game, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, also on iHeartRadio, on TuneIn, on the award-winning Sirius XM app, and, as I mentioned, as soon as this show's done, you can find this show on the Believe Podcast Network where you can download it without commercials, uh, for when you want to go to the gym and work out and sweat or listen to my dulcet tones putting you to sleep at night, whichever one you would like. So thank God the cup is behind us, although we will have another cup round. Our cup will runneth over on, I believe, the 24th, 25th uh, around that time, end of January, uh, which is a bit of a bummer, quite frankly, because we'll have to have another break from the Premier League, which which I really hate. You know, I really hate it, although we've had a lot of Premier League action over the holidays But I I just, you know, the constant international breaks and cup breaks and break this and break that. It's 38 games for the Premier League. Does it really need to take 11 months or 10 months to play it? Nine months, actually. But, you know, well, with all these breaks, uh, it certainly does. All right, you can Twitter me. I'm at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash 5th Street Sports Talk. You can find me here, as I mentioned, Monday through Friday. Uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern time. I do hope uh, you will make me a regular part of your week as we talk the beautiful game. As I mentioned before, I just, I just, God, I just hate these constant breaks, constantly breaking uh, from the Premier League. It is really annoying. And of course, Champions League football starts up again uh, sometime in February. I'm really looking forward to that as well. God, Champions League, Premier League then of course we've got the euros over in the summer so loads to talk about loads to stay with stay tuned with me here Fist street soccer i'll bring it all to you join the discussion twitter at nick geber n-i-c-k-g-e-b-e-r um, please support my sponsors they keep me in the lifestyle in which i'm accustomed to which i think is a homeless shelter all right cheers i'll speak to you tomorrow and it's a